0: All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Cymatic Show. Today we have Curtis King. Welcome aboard.
1: Man, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
2: Yeah, I'm excited you're out here, man. Yeah, you say yeah. you took a red eye?
1: I took a red eye, um, and and this Atlanta weather hit me hard. So. Oh, dude, it's so fucking freezing. Those who are used to me, they they <laughs> sound a certain way. Yeah, no, this your cold hits a little bit different
3: in California. <laughs> Yeah. So when I Where are you from? Here, You're uh, in L.A.?
1: San Diego. Oh, okay. San Diego. You know, I couldn't live in L.A. I mean, I love I, I love it because I Dude, grew up here. I feel, here, but, I feel man. Uh, for, for mental health and well-being, you guys know I'm big on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed to be something that felt like almost like the country, but in California. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the area that I'm staying in it is that for me. And so uh, to be able to have something like that, is just I just find it so much easier to create. So I'm just glad I have the opportunity to do it. Yeah, man, yeah. I got I got a house on four acres for that reason. I'm he like, told me I was like <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, like want to go, go see. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying like I'm trying
2: to be away from from everybody out there. Yeah, but uh, you want to tell us about like your credits and like kind of your what all the stuff you've done because you've done all kinds of crazy
1: shit. Release sure. a book. Sure. So yeah, I, I just released a book um, the beginning of this year called The Prosperous Hip Hop Producer. It's my first book. Uh, And it all came off of the strength of my YouTube channel. I made a video called The Biggest Line in Hip Hop where I talked about the disconnection between the older generation, okay, Boomer, and um, (laughs) the the, the younger generation of hip hop. And I'm like, I felt like I was a middle-aged rapper slash music producer, which is how I started, was as a rapper. I felt like I was in the middle, and I felt like there was good arguments on both sides why they didn't connect, but nobody was trying to connect them. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do that through my content. But I made a video. The video got at the attention of the author of the other publisher. And they said, I think you have a book in you. And I was like, okay, maybe not now. <laughs> I was like 32, 31 at the time. I'm 34 now. And um, you know, I, I thought that was like later in my life, I would start writing books about my journey. And man, it started off in a Word document. And I started adding more and more and, and kept adding. I mean, at first it was like a long Facebook post.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it wasn't how you write a book. Yeah. So I had to go school myself and, and see, okay, make a table of contents. And so did that after a year, got the book done. And so that's uh, definitely something that's a huge highlight. But in terms of credits, I work with Kendrick Lamar, Absol, uh, brands like MTV, VH1, Levi's. I did an ad for Justin Timberlake and uh, mers and uh, a lot of west coast artists That's uh, but, fucking sick man. Yeah, I I've, I've had a journey that in little scars like we were just talked mm-hmm. about I, I, I found out that I had a little scars placement. <laughs> but um, I'm thankful for having a journey that started off in the industry but then landed me here, I guess on the the, the internet side of things because this is where I really was able to own my own as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and understand how do I sell myself and understand How do I put all the marketing knowledge that I had got from, you know, college and high school and things that I was interested in, how do I put that within a business model as a producer? And uh, the combination of that plus a focus on mental health and launch my YouTube stuff and uh, assisted my production career along the way.
2: That's awesome, man. Yeah, internet's been everything for us. Man, I, yeah.
0: I, I think it's freedom. <laughs> like that's the thing that me and Drew talk about. Like, dude, we get to wake up in the morning and yeah. do whatever the fuck we want. You know, what I'm saying we're not on yeah. this crazy tour schedule. Like, we're tra- we still tour and travel, do these big events, but right. like nothing's on this. Like, we're not slave to the business that we're creating. I think I've seen artists. Do that where they they build this awesome thing, but then they're also then slaved to it because you have to
1: perform or you're not making money stuff like that. Very true, and I think that in the beginning I also had the same misconception about what like what is freedom for like? What is financial freedom? What Mm -hmm. is freedom for me as a producer? I thought it was you know I confused it with variety. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who I think even probably even watching this right now think like man to be able to 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 live like you guys or to be able to, to to have a, you know, a, a career like Curtis and, and to be able to live where you live and just kind of just make music at your leisure, um, that's the ultimate freedom. But I think they're confused with thinking, when I have the options to do things, it's almost like they're bargaining with their happiness. Mm-hmm. What I learned was that freedom is not what you have the, the option of. That's just called variety. Freedom is what you have the ability to say no to. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you guys today, if you don't want to necessarily do anything, doesn't have to be a day off. You guys can make that decision yeah. because of the empire that you've already built. Mm-hmm. And so when I figured that aspect out, it helped me a lot to establish, okay, what am I able to say no to? Do I have to make beats every single day? That's not freedom. Did I buy a bunch of things that now I have to work at a certain level and make a certain amount of money? If that's the case, then I'm now arrested to those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm stuck in whatever I'm doing. So if I want to do something... Outside of the producer industry, it's a tremendous risk if I'm, you know, a a handcuff to that. So I think understanding that aspect, which took me years to understand, really helped me along my journey, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely, man. That's super important.
0: Dude, I I think that... So so for everybody listening, the thing I'm already excited about this episode is that me and Drew talk a lot (laughs) about the mindset that people need to have. But we don't ever actually talk about it publicly. We don't really Mm. make that many... We it's kind of
2: hard to talk about in a short form type of it. You Pause. can't talk about it in like two minutes. Yeah, right. but this
0: episode, I'm actually excited to go deep on the different types of like things like lifestyle-wise, get your brain ready. Because like even what you just talked about, I would say even goes over a lot of people's heads because they don't understand. they Because you know for a lot of people, they're still in that early stage. They haven't even got that, that small taste of success yet, but right. they don't realize that it changes once you start getting it. Right. And then you got to start playing the game differently. And I think what you're talking about is spot on. And me and Drew are thankful every day. Right. That we're able to do what we want, you know?
1: And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I used to be hesitant about sharing things like that because, once again, you don't know how much of your audience is ready to, to, on that level to mm-hmm. understand it. But what I do know that the gift that somebody gave me early in my career was planting seeds. Planting seeds, even if I'm not ready to nourish those seeds and grow them properly at that time, there's so many times that I was exposed to something <clears throat> at 20 years old. And mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to put it into action until 32. Yeah, but, but you still had that seed there. You had that like thing you, inside you. Yes, you almost. I you love see, that, man. It's like you see it on a board and it's like everything points to okay, that makes sense that mm-hmm. do this, you get to this destination. But actually putting it into action for yourself and figuring out if it's aligned with your purpose and your mission and all the things that we do as we start to evolve as human beings, we kind of get lost in the sauce with that. So. I think it's still some value to having those conversations and at least planting the seeds. There's videos that I did in 2013 that people are like, I didn't agree with you then. I didn't like what you said. It was too close to home. But now I understand what you meant.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, Stephen has a crazy story about that too from one yeah. of our events. You remember
0: that that one kid that was watching your live streams? Oh, dude. So I used to do live streams on Facebook. One of okay. the first things personal branding Like 50
2: like, people in them, 30 I, people. I did them. them every That's single
0: crazy. night. I probably did. Not a lot of people. I probably did sixty of them at least. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just like literally live stream and just talk about whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, dude, so this was four years ago, and these kids are eighteen or nineteen. Boost Collective, shout out to them. Uh, dude, he, he was. they were talking about, like, were there a revenue making, like, 50 grand a month or something like that? And right. he was like, dude, we were watching your live streams. and got inspired four years ago. They're 14. That's correct. 14 <laughs> or 15. They've like grown like, up with you. Like they yeah. up with you. I know. I was like, what the fuck? But man. that yeah. little
2: shit. thing, that little seed. Does make you feel a little old when you hear that? Oh, yeah, a little bit. I, <laughs> I know I feel gets... old when I hear that. I'm
1: yeah, like, I man, when I, was, when I was in high school, man, like, you
2: raised me through my four years, and now I'm graduating. I'm like, damn, how long have I been doing it? <laughs> dude, I feel like people feel that way about busy. Everybody's grandpa is oh, like man, busy. Man. The grandpa of music, pr- not the grandpa. I'm not going to diss him like no, that, no, but no, he's was, an OG. I, was, I, was, I said, Diss. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like,
1: What kind of serum have you been taking that you've been holding <laughs> off that you literally you have not aged? <laughs> <laughs> and he's buffered. And I, I talked to him the other day. I know, I was he's like, pretty,
0: he was pretty buffered. I, mean, I know he's like, in
1: great shape, man. I was, I was watching the, the episodes you guys have with him, and I was like, How does he get younger by
2: the years? I know, but dude, everybody, (laughs) credit, everybody says, like, even if they haven't watched his videos in five or six years, they're like, I started with Busy. Like, he
1: was the first FL Studio video I watched, and that shit is, like, huge, man. And, I mean, that's a blessing to be around long enough for people to be able to change their mind on you. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, in marketing, and we know that's changed over the years, but it used to be somebody had to see something seven times before they made a decision. It's probably, like, 14 times now. because We're so bombarded with stuff, but... You think about people who are personalities, and you think about year to year. I'm sure you guys have seen people who skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. They were the man. And then, damn, homie. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, gone. They're gone. Mm-hmm. So to be able to have that longevity, because I remember when I first like went to YouTube as a resource, it was nobody but War Beats. <laughs> oh. That's, that's a
2: super throwback. Remember Warbeats? No, no. Oh that, that's God. like that's what, that's before you started producing. Yeah, that was probably. when I was like I'm 13, sure 14. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's all good. Like I was looking for
1: information on. Like now, you put in, you put in how to how to how to slot eight hundred eight. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I learned how to. <laughs> it was funny. I learned how to hook up my drum pad on my MIDI keyboard to FL Studio from a fourteen-year-old on YouTube. <laughs> and at first, I was a little bit hesitant, a little bit embarrassed. And he was a little bit, like, snotty. He was like, you know, so what you want to do? Um, oh, oh, man, hold on. Okay, what you want to do is you want to <laughs> plug this in and, and, like, and then push this button. But they know what and, the fuck they're doing, bro. Like, this is a lot better than the guy that's trying to sell me the first five mm-hmm. minutes on 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 some download and then trying to run me through it. Like, I, I felt like, you know what? This kid's getting me from point A to point B really fast. Dude, that's
2: and, what people need, <laughs> man. That's how Simon that's did how how you. Well.
0: Yeah. I think Simon did yeah, really
2: yeah, well. Yeah, Simon Servita is um, killing it just because. Yeah, because, dude, he makes, like, really good content that's perfect for people. And it's not like – even, dude, he's done tons of sponsored stuff for us. It's never felt like he's trying to sell people on stuff. I tell
0: him not to, too. Like, anytime we do promos, with, I'm like, dude, you do your thing. Like, Like, we want you to 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 just
2: make something with our stuff. Make something that's cool
0: without our promo and then just have you happen to be using it. And if
2: you want to mention us, that's pretty much it. He
1: does (laughs) does it so well, too, Mm -hmm. because he – and and I I pay attention to that. Because, like I said, I come from a marketing background – that was the first thing that I found that I was just as passionate about music that I became just as passionate about marketing. And the idea of when somebody broke it down, somebody had a teacher, I'll talk about it in my book, and I brought copies for you guys, of Oh, awesome. Oh, um, but there's a marketing teacher, brilliant mind. He, he actually had did a lot of consultations for a lot of uh, Hollywood stars in the 90s and then went to teaching in, in, the, in Orange County. And so I came into that classroom not knowing what to expect. I took one class because I couldn't get into music classes, like the, the MIDI class and all the stuff I wanted to get into. And I just took it because I was like, well, let's just check it out. And this guy told me, man, he broke down marketing in such simple terms. He said, marketing is how do I make my message the most clear to the people that need to hear it the most? I like that. When he broke that down, I was like, how do I make my message the most clear to the people that need to hear it the most? I was like, that's what marketing is, and not this stale word that gets thrown around mm-hmm. under so many different umbrellas and trees. And so he told me that, and, and and also things like lessons along the way, like don't get into business if you feel, if you don't feel like your product can genuinely help people, or help their journey, mm-hmm. or you don't believe that, it's going to come through in your body language is gonna come through in the, the, the layout of your product is gonna come in the design. Some way, somehow, somebody who knows nothing about the back end, from a consumer standpoint, is going to look at that and say, mm, "I'm
3: not buying from
1: this that's, guy." That's that's what people feel about all
2: those internet marketers who we were talking oh about, my gosh, like yeah. the guys that are selling how to sell your course online, how to do this, yeah, how dude. to get rich quick. Basically, that's shit, what it's people copying Ty
0: Lopez. He like rented a Lambo or some shit, making the video. Oh, like, did you hear a funny one that they do? Like, what n- was that? knuckleheads that don't know shit about audio. They they rent a jet. I could tell they you know made a little yeah. money. They they. T- Probably drop twenty Gs on a jet. They don't realize how loud the jet is. Audio. So and they don't
2: have any. Oh, co- so man. they they're their ad. Ads. You can't hear them. And they're they're talking and
0: the it. jet yeah. is so loud in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They have no plan for audio. And it's dude, like you don't
1: have a lavalier mic. You can't.
2: No, yeah, it's no. They it's, don't it's, even it's, do that. They don't yeah. do a
1: lot. They do like. I mean, dude, it's embarrassing. We've seen multiple people do this. Yeah. But you know what though, I, I I laugh at that. But there is. some I mean, I'm not gonna put any names out there. But there was some like producers that I don't even know where they're at now. Who did that? I'm on a beach. I'll oh, beach house behind me. Uh, I do this full time beach you like to learn and it's like I know I, exactly what ad you're doing. I ha- you know what I'm talking about because I watched it, and I was like. I'm young, but I'm not even that naive right now. Like, I don't even know what the... At that time, I wasn't a really an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. per se. I was a, a entrepreneur. I wanted yeah. to get into it, but I didn't even know what that looked like. And I watched that video, and I was like, mm, I know I'm getting sold, too. It, but I was the kid who was obsessed with infomercials. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to love watching infomercials as a kid. It sounds so crazy. But I watched infomercials because I just liked the fact that they found a way to make somebody like a 14-year-old kid care about a product mm-hmm. that I didn't want any parts of it was the same formula. It was like, it, it's they, copy, man. It's cop. cop that's why yeah. I love copy so much. They'll come in and they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll give you like this. The funny is when it's a black and white clip in the beginning, and
2: it's like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. And it's like somebody dumb, like somebody in a stupid way knocking over a tray table. <laughs> And it's like, oh no! Or an egg <laughs> cracking all over the place. Egg cracks on like the floor.
0: It's like ah, oh, like some obvious <laughs> and life. Again,
1: science has proven, and they show some kind of science graph. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is why you need a TV tray. It's like, oh, science needed to come.
2: And, and then it that. goes, it goes uh, back to color. And Ca- you can see it, and, and you know. it looks it looks beautiful. All of a sudden, <laughs> dude. There,
0: you know what's funny though? There, people are all happy, <laughs> dude. I, I've studied a lot of old school ad ad copy. Yeah, because um, I mean, dude, there's so much. People don't know this is actually only the second time that I think copyright has been brought up. Because Gabe. Yeah, yeah, but dude, people don't know how powerful that shit is. The words, yeah. man, everything, social media, your ads. We should explain it a
2: little bit more, to be honest, because yeah. just saying copy is going to yeah. be really confusing. For those guys don't up. know,
0: just from the rest of the episode, copywriting is essentially. Uh, persuasive languaging that you use in, you know, emails. But nowadays, it used to be used in ads and billboards, newspapers, but nowadays, it's used in social media. Absolutely. Every yeah.
2: single your every single one of your Instagram posts should have good copy on yeah, it. Yeah, good it's copy. It's that. just good
0: writing. It's good communication of what your message truly is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you don't say it right, people aren't going to know what the fuck you're trying to promote, what the fuck you're, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's why you get like, like and, I'm, and shout out to Gabe because I'm I'm so glad to see, you know, him and Anno and then also what you guys are doing. You guys are pushing and setting the bar higher, something that I talk, I have conversations with Busy all the time about. About when he, you know, had, the, had his his VST, I'm like, bro, set the bar higher in terms of what to expect from producers that are doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And with Gabe and the funnels, like I think it's amazing. But I started seeing producers who I was like, dang, we need to start teaching them copy because mm-hmm. they're all using the same like same emojis. I'm like, mm-hmm. you had a whole page of emojis, same emojis, <laughs> and it's like. Get these five freebies, and then it's like yeah. rockets and fire and sparks, and I'm like, okay, but there's another way to have that conversation. So here's two things for those that are getting into copy and are about to go on a deep dive before you complicate things. Something you just told me an hour ago: simplify. Um, think about it like this: with your copy, the most important part of the copy is the first fifty words. If you can latch somebody in the first fifty words, they are going to be hooked for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're writing your copies, don't think of it as you're writing to everybody. Hi, music producers. Would you like to get this drunk? That's not what it is. So I had a marketing mind, marketing, brilliant marketing mind. And one of my mentors told me, before you write any copy, you need to see in your mind an avatar, a human being that you're talking to. Give him a name. Give him clothes that he's wearing. Think about what kind of friend he is within his crew. Is he a leader? Is he somebody that is sort of the quiet one? Whatever it is, it'll make you start talking in your copy. Like, you know, do you feel like, do you feel like you're slept on often? Do you come from a small town? And it, you'll start talking differently, and you'll use the the language that is necessary to really grab the right people. Because a product that's for everybody is for nobody. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people approach copy thinking like it's for everybody, and they're like, especially producers who are trying to get on the radar of rappers. They'll make copy that literally attracts other producers. It's to producer needs mm-hmm. if that makes sense like so um, I think it's important copy if you can get into it, it can become very fun and the beginning can be overwhelming. but if you take those two tips, it'll be a lot easier to approach It'd be fun, it's fun for me. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. That's well,
2: the first thing me and Steven did. It was right down the the avatar. Our, yeah. the, like literally like before week 1. Before we dr- started the site anything. Week 1. We weren't doing oh, shit man, until we smart. did that. It was like
0: <laughs> I wonder what his name it was like Adam something. Remember? Something it was, Adams. I forget his name. He was yeah. like a 20, 20 James, year old James Adams or
2: something. Like Twenty that. year
0: old kid who was in school but didn't really like going to school. He was into right. music production. We painted this person. We yes. even put a picture. We put a picture. <laughs> this was day in one there. though. Like we're like, this is who we're going after.
1: I used to Google images and see if I could find somebody that looks like it. It's just a more <laughs> personal. It sounds <laughs> I think crazy. We might have done but something I would Google like that images and say, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's him. And, and doing that, I'm sure it does something psychologically that says, okay, here's how I approach this so that I'm not talking off. Would he resonate with this? And so I gave mm-hmm. mine Was like James from, um, from the Midwest, mm-hmm. some specific city in the Midwest, and James is the leader of his group. He's the one that always brings new ideas. His crew is a bunch of lackeys who don't really are not motivated, but he's that guy. You know, he, he, he doesn't buy a lot of name brand stuff, but he listens to Joe Rogan podcasts. He's somebody who consumes a lot of books. He spends more money on his education than he does on sometimes it's even his equipment or his self. Mm-hmm. And so when I zone in on that and had that conversation, people were like, even on my YouTube, I have the same approach. They're like, man, you, it's almost like you're inside my head. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> so I, I think all that is important, but it'll come for the producers who feel overwhelmed by that. Like, God, I got to learn something else. I just learned funnels. I don't be overwhelmed by it. Just realize that everything is so connected that one thing will lead you to the other.
2: Everything builds Inevitably. on itself. That's why I think that even me sitting there for three hours and listening to music is still worth worth it. You get sure. some kind of little foundational piece that I think is built mm-hmm. up through the years that led us to this point. So
1: And then too, like we can't negate the fact that when we first started, this was a hobby. Mm-hmm. Even though we may have had aspirations to make it more than a hobby, you can't call it a you can't call it a profession. If you're not a professional and you're not, you're not, you're not uh, uh you're not selling anything. It's a hobby. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong. I think people have a bad idea about hobbies, but I'm actually in a place where I'm trying to turn my music creation back into a hobby and less of my business.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Music education is more my business. That's what I'm good at doing, explaining and, and, and talking about the things that surround the music, but music itself, it can get like that's why I don't like doing live streams sometimes with my beats. Mm-hmm. I'm it's a very intimate thing for me. I know it sounds like so like like uh uh what is the word? Like um uh what is the word like when somebody's a purist? I know mm-hmm. some very purist, like yeah. a Mr. Craft. but for me it's like this is a this is I'm thankful I have the opportunity to sit down for practice again. Mm-hmm. Cause I lo- I have a philosophy that's I got it from Stephen, Stephen Pressfield who made the the uh, the, the, art, the War of Art. He says that every single time that you engage in what you do, it's practice. Mm-hmm. LeBron James in the championship is no less practice than practice with his team. Mm-hmm. Why? Because even the championship is practice for the next championship. He learned lessons from the first one that help him win the second one. Mm-hmm. And so going with that approach makes things more of an enjoyable experience. So for me, I enjoy the spiritual uh, 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 event of practice when I'm working on music. It's not something I always want a camera in my face, like, well, what VST is that? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I just want to have fun right now. And I don't know where this, this melody is going. I may not even use this melody loop. Or not a loop, but the, the melody that I'm I'm looping around. But... I may change it and go find a contact library. I don't know. This is my process, and people are so impatient on the internet. And I'm like, if you're that impatient with my beat, I can't imagine how you are with your own production.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think a lot of people think about that wrong, man. I, it's like it just doesn't even make sense to sit there and think that every single thing that you're gonna do is gonna be used for a. <laughs> Thing, yeah. Like imagine, imagine thinking like I mean I used to, you used to think that we all yeah. used to think this. Right. This song, this dude, this song we made tonight. Yeah. This is, this is it. You don't want to hear. It. This some, is some it. Some funny songs. How many I times have I've you done that in, in the I've day. done it yeah, yeah. I when I was younger.
1: I started off as an artist, and I'm still. You, know? you, you, you yeah. play it back,
2: and you're like, I just made. It. This is the one. Yeah. Everybody in the world it's is gonna love everything. And I think that thinking about it like that, every single thing that you do when you make that beat, it could be. It could be the next Old Town Road. The, it may not be. It may, it may it just be, be a. It might, <laughs> it might
1: sit on your laptop for the rest of your life, but that's yeah. okay. And that's why I, I approach everything as practice. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I keep pressing that forward is that if you look at it all as practice, there is no day to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Why would you put all the pressure of your entire career upon this one person I'm meeting? If this happens, oh, I can never recover from this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. What if Michael Jordan said, I love basketball. I love basketball analogies. What if Michael Jordan said, Man, I didn't make the varsity squad. Maybe basketball's not for me. I worked all of my adolescence to get to this point, and I didn't make the varsity mm-hmm. squad. Maybe I should just quit. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but in terms of us, you know, we have so much pressure because I think not, no producer... I guess, beyond the last five or six years, expected to get into this and have to become an influencer in the process mm-hmm. or become a social marketer, social media marketing, you know, uh, uh, have to know that stuff. I know I didn't come into this when I started in, I'm about to page myself, 2003 on a PlayStation. I wasn't making this like, man, I got to get good at this because one day I'm going to be in a live stream and it's going to be a 16-year-old that's going to clown me because I used too much sausage fattener. That, <laughs> that wasn't in my mind. I just wanted to create. But now that we're here, It's important that you understand your craft for what it is. It's all Mm -hmm. practice. Mm -hmm. So if you have a bad day at practice, you practice tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If you have 10 bad days, it's okay. You have the ability to practice. The way that you get those special moments where you're talking about when you get the song and you're like, yo, this is the one, Mm -hmm. is literally not thinking about it but sitting your butt down in the studio and saying, I'm working. And in the process, Mm -hmm. something happens. You're like, that was kind of hard. I never did that before.
2: I mean, that's what I like about the Old Town Road story, actually. is because that mm-hmm. young Keo said that that was a random beat that he made. It was sitting on his hard drive. He's like, oh, I might as well upload it. That's,
0: that's crazy, No one. He's got, like, he's like I didn't f-
2: know what kind of type of beat this was. So yeah. I like almost didn't want to upload it because it didn't have a tight beat to
1: it.
0: It, got, it only crazy. sold one copy, by the way. And it it was, always sold one. <laughs> it <was> it's always <laughs> those. It's always those. I've had, I've had beats
1: that sat on my, you know, my, my beat store for a year. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, can I get that exclusively? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. It's at the bottom of the page for a reason, but you, you, I don't say that, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you, you want it? And they're like, yeah, um, here's what I can do. And I'm like, well, that was a lot more than I was going to ask for. So cool. Let's play and <laughs> do it. Um, but you never know. And I think because music is so subjective, music is something that everybody interprets differently. You know, you could ha- you could be a producer that is terrible at sampling, but if you sample the right record and it resonates a memory in somebody who's like, dang, like, you sampled this Blink 182 song, and the first time I heard it was when I met my wife-to-be. And now, I wanna, as I'm a rapper, I wanna sing over it. This is the perfect beat to get this over. It doesn't matter if the drums are smacking, all the things that we worry about, that resonates with them on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Who's, who, who are you to say, because you think it's whack or it's old, it doesn't do something for them? So I think going in with the mentality that everything is practice. some days you have great days of practice, you hope that after you collect a bunch of different practices that game day is like the best representation of all of those practices. Mm-hmm. But even then you never can have a bad show. You never have a bad studio session. Cause are you going to stop? Cause you went to a rapper and he didn't pick any of your beats. No, this is
3: what you do. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's going with that approach helps me take the, it's been helping me take the pressure off of the craft because I think the more that I get successful with the business I spend less and less time with the music. Mm -hmm. It makes me highly critical when I do sit down because I'm used to a certain level Mm -hmm. of
0: expectation. That's interesting, man. Some deep shit right here. Yeah, you know we haven't even at, we have, I've even <laughs> asked <laughs> you one question. We haven't yeah. asked. We have a list
2: yeah. of questions and we haven't asked My, one. You gotta got stop me too, Oh like, no, no man, super that's the point of this. this is if yeah. you that's the point of We can do like light and round. No. We can go straight through that's no. No, man, this is no, fucking like awesome. It. <laughs> it's just funny. We literally haven't had to. Usually we had to pull out some questions. We're just fucking going right. That's why I like the like,
0: dude. We I said this at the beginning. I knew it was gonna go in a direction that just is not normal. You know. Yeah. about get me on
1: a sick day, so I'm glad I can give you this to death. Like, <laughs> like Jordan in the flu game, man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm good. So, uh,
2: what, about, what about like when you start your average day, you wake up, what's, what do you do in the morning through right. the rest of the Daily night. routine. So right. that's fluctuated
1: over the years because of um, what the necessity was, what the focus was. Like when I was trying to go from my 700 square foot apartment to the 4,000 square foot house that we're in now, my, my wife and my son my morning regimens were nothing. There was Mm -hmm. like, my regimens were trash because all I could obsess of the morning I woke up was we got to get into this house. This is too small for my wife and my son. Mm -hmm. My son was just born. I was like, we got to get out of here. Um, And I want to move somewhere that is like away from everything. I needed to get like closer to like a country feeling. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed. I had a picture of a type of home that I wanted to stay in. And so when I was in that mode, what I didn't recognize was that I was drunk with passion and I say drunk for a reason and that messed up my regimen and it it screwed me up when I finally did achieve my goal because I put so much wear and tear on my body and on my mind that when I finally got to this place it was like I could breathe and it was like okay now you got to hang out with yourself because most of the time my mind was busy with what does the business need? Mm-hmm. What kind of music am I creating that's going to help me elevate to this place to get to? Then I got there and it was like Okay. Um, free time. What does what does a producer like me do with free time? <laughs> I don't want to make a beat right now. I'm mm-hmm. tired. Like worked so hard, and so it took me literally hitting a few different, like almost depressions. Like hitting to a, It's almost like a a a a depression that comes after you succeeded a goal and you didn't line up another goal after it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? You obsess so much about making this certain amount, and then you get there, and it's like okay. The emotion i mean what i feel right now is not that different from what mm-hmm. i felt. it's a momentary celebration and boom so i say this to say i had to hit my own sort of bottom even at the top of where mm-hmm. i'm at and when i did that that's when the morning regimen everything shifted so now i first wake up first of all my iphone does never sleep in the same room as me I can't it can't happen i know myself as soon as i open up an email my day's already started. Mm-hmm. And it started off with somebody else's energy. So somebody's complaining about, oh, I didn't get this delivered. I'm going to do a chargeback. Let's not do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> let me get my walk in first. And so what I do in the very, very morning is that, you know, I get up. I thank God the fact that I have the ability to wake. I wake up with gratitude. And um I, I, I drink water and I just walk. I don't know how long I'm walking. There's no timer. Mm-hmm. I don't speed walk. I just walk. And I go out there because... You guys understand it. And that's why I love talking to, to, to business-minded individuals. There's so much in your minds. Mm-hmm.
3: Hell yes. Never So much you could
1: be doing, so much you have to do. And it's like, where do you get to dump that? And so I would just go out and just literally walk. Sometimes I bring music. Sometimes I don't. And I would mentally kind of imagine me dumping the thoughts out on the street. Stuff I don't need. And I won't walk back home. Not until my mind is clear, but until I'm clear on one thing I need to do. Mm -hmm. When I have that moment happen, it happens sometimes at three miles, four miles, I go back home. And then I double dab and I come home and I know exactly the one thing I need to do. But doing that, I still don't even get to work. I sit down and I journal. Like I'm effing Doug. (laughs) Like I'm Doug. Like, dear journal? No, I sit there and I literally, once again... When you're out there, you can't stop your mind from thinking. That's, that's not going to happen. So what you do is you dump the unnecessary thoughts, figure out the one thing, see if you have any epiphanies, and it happens every morning, and I'll journal it out. When I do that, I go into the studio or into my office with such a clear mind on what I need to achieve from the day. And it's not 12 things. It's probably one or two mm-hmm. that I really need to do that can make this day well worth living. right? Or even better than that, as a, a philosopher that says... Make every day of your life worth dying. So I know it's probably dark for some people, but if you can, if you were to leave today, would you say I gave this a hell of a run today? Like this, this is a, this is a good day to die. Mm-hmm. If you go with that mentality, you won't take life for granted. And so going with this regimen, it had to hit me when I fell to a low place, and this is not that long ago to be honest with you, because I was trying to figure out like, man, okay, I'm 34. I'm tired of saying rappers and music producers in every damn video. I want to talk about things that I'm passionate about, philosophy. I want a podcast. I want these things. But is my audience into that? Will they care if I'm not talking about VSTs mm-hmm. and plugins? And so I just had to get to a place where I was like, you know what? Since I was 17, I've always been in front of the camera. I need to go ghost, get hidden for a second, and um let my thoughts just sit and be okay with not doing anything at all and not feeling guilty about it. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so that's what I did. For the last two months, I've allowed myself to just be. And, of course, I still got to do some work here and there, but that's, once again, the freedom of knowing that I have a business that generates income whether I show up to work or not. But there's a selling if I don't continue to work. So uh, that's the long-winded of my
2: morning mm-hmm. regimen. Yeah, no, and that's so, awesome yeah. to hear, man. That's super interesting. I, yeah.
1: I need to go for a fucking
2: walk in the morning. Well, dude, I was, was, I mean, was going <laughs> to such a beautiful scenery. I'm sure that, that I do, but later in the day, I just, like, man. when I wake up, I'm just, like, I have a million things on my head, and I'm, it's like, right into it. You know, what, you it. know what,
1: They're not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what's
0: crazy, man? Uh, I've done that exact thing for the past five years really so after my coffee at Starbucks like Mm -hmm. Jordan knows this I literally I put in my headphones I get some good music yeah I just go walk see and dude it it clears like dude I don't even need that much time sometimes sometimes it's three songs sometimes it's Mm ten depending on what's running but just I almost don't control my mind even Right. It sounds. weird. I just let it run. That's good because there's that's a lot good. of shit popping in. You know, I used to do this uh, meditation too. It's called Headspace. You ever heard of that? Yes. It's yes. An app. yes. It, and, uh, and that taught me a lot about like not control, observing your mind and not trying to control it. I know it sounds right. weird shit for people listening. Not
1: that, but that's a perfect way to. I'm glad you're, you're talking about this about meditation because people think that it's about clearing your mind out, yeah. and it's like no, but it's not what it is.
0: And, and it's crazy. I still remember back in the day doing this, and I would also journal, and, yeah. and I still have these journals. And it's funny because I'm reading some of the goals about me and Drew and Cymatics. Sure you are. And some, some we fucking smoked. Yeah. I'm like, like some okay. of the
2: goals are silly almost looking back on. We're yeah, like, I'm we did like, that in the first four months. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Dude, we smoked yeah. past
0: these few, you know, but it's also funny seeing some things like this house. Yeah. I wrote down literally a square footage of a house I wanted to buy and it was almost identical of off by like 50 square feet. Bro, it's the same
1: thing And I, I was like, the house that we in. I, my wife, I literally, we were in a 700 square foot apartment, bro. Like I don't know if people realize how small that is. For like, With a wife and a kid, maybe if bro, you're by yourself, even that small even for that by small yourself. For my, but at the, th- at the time, like, I had got out of a long-term relationship, and it was just me. And it was like, I, I have a space now that's dedicated to nothing but work. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't even have a bed. A bed for what? I'm going to be working, and I'll sleep on this couch, get up, brush my teeth, and work again. <laughs> that was my mindset then I met my wife to be. Like, you, you plan, and God laughs. And my wife came into my life, and then she, and then I, 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 of course, uh, you know, I had to have her move in and— and, um, you know, because we, we had a young one on the way. And so that changed a lot for me. But to the T, what you're talking about, bro, we had in our minds five-bedroom house.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, close your eyes. So my wife, close your eyes. And she'd be like, okay, what are we doing? I said, I want you to yell like you're yelling from the second floor or from the bottom floor. And I'm on the second floor in the studio. And I want you to tell me that dinner's ready.
3: <laughs>
1: like, instead of telling me dinner's ready, because like, duh, you can smell it. I can touch the kitchen and the bathroom from where I'm at, (laughs) right? But I told her to do that. And here's an amazing thing about the subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between sensations you feel that are based in reality and based in imagination. That's why we do visualization. Because your mind, your subconscious mind, its whole purpose is to protect you from pain. The pain of not having what you're imagining. The pain of whatever. So in that case, now your brain is saying, five-bedroom house. But you're, it doesn't make sense. You're in this place, space right now. Okay, what needs to get done to make that to happen? Mm-hmm. To a T, square footage and the amount of rooms. That's the house we got. And we almost took a, took a house that had more rooms. And it was like, this is too much house for just the three of us. <laughs> and it was like we were almost leaning towards it, kind of desperate, because we had to be out by December because the lease was up. And then I get a call in the house that I put in a, a request like four or five months before. and said, do you want to come see it? Within a week, we moved in there. That's Damn. awesome, man. Yeah, that's yeah. It. So you, you got to be, like anybody out there, you got to be specific. With Steven and staying in such a bar. You got to be specific about the goals you want. Like, you may be surprised about the money that you want to make. It's probably not that much. Like, a lot of folks, from 35 to 80, you could have $3.2 million and live on $80,000 income. Please check my math. But you could do $80,000 worth of income every year. In, I mean, that's $80,000 worth of income, having three point two or $3.6 I did the math. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting the, the $50 million. We put these numbers out there based upon other people's accomplishments and blessings, but you may not necessarily need that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to understand the concept of enough. People get, a, get afraid of that. Like, man, does enough mean I'm limiting myself? Am I just being content? No. You need to have the ability that a billionaire probably doesn't even have. A lot of billionaires don't have it. That's why a lot of them are depressed.
3: Mm-hmm. There
1: is no enough. Can you sit up a day amongst all these billions and be grateful? Ty Lopez talked about that. He said he was mentored by a billionaire, and he would be like, it's a beautiful morning, and the billionaire would be like, "Oh, well, I'm number two on the Forbes list. so <laughs> oh, God. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. But it's like, even at that point, you're still dealing with that, like, that petty yeah. stuff. So in that case, I started to realize like, if you can find an enough number, not where you'll stop, but where you'll look and be able to smell the roses and be like, you know what? If today it ended, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't find happiness right now where you're at, it ain't gonna change when the commas in your bank account change. You're gonna have more money to cry to wipe your tears with. Yeah, definitely. Right. So yeah. I don't like I don't like the mantra people. I'd rather be crying in a Lamborghini than crying in a Hyundai. Fool, you still crying? No, yeah. I mean, dude, uh, <laughs> Lil
2: Uzi, and the only reason I talk about this because he put it out there publicly. He tweeted, "I've yeah. been buying up the world because I'm I'm hurting inside," Jeez, and like man. he just bought a two million dollar Bugatti, and you can see he has a picture. And his Bugatti were like a series of three pictures on Instagram, and he's right. just frowning, in all of them just looks miserable.
1: People think that you body, and I don't say this to be any disrespect to him because I mm-hmm. that makes no, me, I love him. I'm a huge I fan. It makes me sad. It makes me sad, man. Because I'm like, who does he talk to? Who does he get to talk to? We can like, there's only a one Tony Robbins who most of the celebrities go to when something's going on in mm-hmm. their life. But that's where I think I'm kind of being pulled into that direction now, where I would like to talk to you know, the little peeps before something goes, yeah, yeah, I would like definitely. to be able to talk to a triple a X before that whole situation went down just to have these discussions that are like, people think that when you get to a certain level of success, it's going to solve all of the stuff that has happened. But I feel like when a producer starts really getting into that bag, I don't care what kind of childhood you've had, you need to put somewhere in your finances, get a therapist. Yeah. For sure. And why do I say that? Because people get all like, I don't need a therapist. I don't want to talk about my problems. Think of it like this. If I got a broken arm right now, or if I, broke my, or if I think I broke my arm, what are you going to tell me to do? Go to the doctor. Okay? Mm-hmm. You may even give me some ice. And then if I say, I don't think it's broken, and it feels better in two hours, we're good. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you measure uh, injuries of the brain? Yeah, it's very hard. And how do we know when it's over? How do we know when it's healed?
0: Some people don't even know they're in it.
1: Come on. So I think it's important to get a professional that's unbiased that can say, that was a traumatic experience. I'm like, was it? I didn't think it was traumatic. Mm-hmm. But it's important to have somebody. That's why I'm, I'm finally, I'm 34, finally getting um, through an app called BetterHelp. I have a therapist that I can talk to via FaceTime within the app. And I can I'm able to, like, not unload everything on her, but at least explain how I'm feeling and why that's not, uh, I, um, connected to my success because I feel like I should be significantly happier mm-hmm. about the things that are happening, but there's a disconnect. And being able to talk it through with somebody, they're able to say, You know, that problem that you had in 2017 is still with you. Yeah. <laughs> Even worse than that, the one you had at a nine years old that you thought <laughs> you got over, <laughs> you just, yeah. you know, you, you need to address that or that's going to hinder future business deals. That's going to hinder the way that you do business. Because you'll think, I've been screwed over the, my whole life. What's another person screwing over somebody else in business? But you won't think of it as you being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so I, I suggest any producer out there, man, you, if you have the opportunity, and I think it's only like 200 bucks a month to talk to this person every single week. Mm-hmm. Do it, man. Do it because it's your mind is the ultimate bag. Money will come and go. right? You're a few lawsuits away from... <laughs> this yeah. whole thing being flipped on his on his head so um it's important that that's why I do the kind of content I do. It's important. I love that Dude. man
0: you know you know why I, like I like that a lot is because I see a lot of veteran producers who sit in their room all day and they mm. you know work hard making music, but there's no other life or anything else supporting them and yeah. they get depressed. It's really common. There's no light
1: in the studios
2: yeah, I think that's <laughs> like, like, that's actually that? a huge thing that we <laughs> talked to Reese Stefan. Uh, the puppet yeah. about just just getting outside every yeah. single day. I mean, he starts his day. He said every day he gets up and gets in the hot tub, uh, like does pull ups. They have a beautiful house in uh, like up in the hills of Malibu, yeah. um, with a view, and they get in the hot tub every morning, hang out, him and his girlfriend, uh, get exercise every day. He does right. jujitsu f- four times a week. He goes Man. surfing every morning. Like he's just on it. Like and that shit, I can tell being around him, you just feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: food—the food you're putting yeah,
2: in your body, yeah, even, the food, even that.
1: And, and we we start the day like sugar, 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 carb, 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 and wonder why our bodies like we wake up at seven and they're crashed by twelve. Yeah. And I was like oh, I don't feel like making a beat. I'll never forget I had a studio session. It's gonna be the most the most uh, stereotypical cliche thing y'all have ever heard from a black producer. But I had <laughs> had a session where my buddy was like, "Man, you should make a jug of Kool-Aid." <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to talk about it. It's like, make a jug of Kool-Aid. We made it. We was like, man, we we're going to have so much energy in this studio session. Oh, God. We poured some cups, and like two cups in, he was like, oh, I don't feel like doing nothing, man. Because <laughs> <And that laughs> you like was like shit, he was, man. He was listening to the beat, and it went from being into the beat to... Yeah, you crash, man. man. He's like, man, I, I can't work on no song. So we put that sugar into our body, and they get that high, initial high, and we're like, damn, it's not sustainable. Well, how about instead of trying to put like this, you know, terrible food, just try to get us try to get us. If you have a juice it up next to you, you have no excuse. Like go get a uh, go get a, a shot of wheatgrass, get a cranberry chaser, go in there and get greens in your system. There's a reason greens are life. You're putting life inside of your life. Do it. Take advantage of that. Your body will thank you. You're gonna do a lot of pooping, but you'll be thankful that your body is life. <laughs> but you got to do that because it all matters. How you do one thing is how, is how you do everything, in my opinion. So um, it's so important. But what you were talking about with the hot tub, Tony Robbins talks about um, he used to hate doing consultations over the phone. He just he – just, it wasn't his – not hated, but he, it wasn't his mm-hmm. most enjoyable part of his day. He said, how can I enjoy this more? He took his cordless phone at the time. He didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> and he started doing them from his hot tub. <laughs> that does sound awesome.
0: Yeah. I think
2: I'm going to have to get a hot tub soon. I was so, thinking about getting a hot tub. A hot you all got to do it. Just let me know when it's time. <laughs> right. I'll, be, I'll be more healed by that time. But um, that's the thing about it.
1: So here's how it relates to a producer. What if you're a producer that's like you got a, a bedroom that you're working in. This is why we buy lights and buy, like, you know, the LED stuff that we have in there. Or buy our producer feng shui. That's what it's for. Mm-hmm. It's for this to feel like an oasis. For it to feel like, man, this is a vacation even though I'm working. I think that's important. Yeah, definitely.
2: <coughs> um, You want to talk about... Uh, I had a question. Um, Where is it?
0: I got a good Uh, What about
2: warning signs when you work with somebody? Yeah. Like, like... When you're like, oh, this guy throws me off, like what we were talking about a little bit, you can kind of sense it in the first minute or two,
1: oh, even man. of meeting somebody. What, what are some that you look out for? So from me spending the, the the beginning part of my career in the industry, there's a lot of things I got to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of folks, I mean, I have, I have my horror stories, but I don't wear them as a badge of honor. I, I, I'm thankful for them because they put me in a place to where, like you said, you can read people better. I think that you got to be aware of the people who, give you the one stop I can one stop shop I can solve all of your problems. Mm-hmm. And someone's like in the old TV shows, the the, the, the the charlatan that comes into the town. He's like I have this medicine that can solve every ailment in your mm-hmm. body. And it's like mm, I don't know about that yeah. fam. There's people in the industry who are like, let me be your manager. And it's like you're so excited somebody wants to work with she was like have you listened to my music? I, I heard a few things and I, I like <laughs> if you're not passionate about the product you're going to kill more business than help more yeah. business So well, i think be wary of those people who are like i'm going to solve everything for you also make sure that you are working with people who don't confuse their passion with their purpose passion fuels purpose sometimes but passion is not purpose
3: mm-hmm.
1: i had a big mistake with that personally but here you'll meet somebody who's like Fired up. Yo, you're the most fired producer I ever heard. Oh, my God. Like, I think you're going to be the next so-and-so. You can be amazing. But they don't have the skill set that matches their enthusiasm, their excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's important that you find somebody that's like, this is my purpose. My purpose is to to bring a certain sound that i fully believe in i think you're the person that is going to bring that i know you're the person that's going to bring it forward they're going to do things for you that an average manager is not going to do Mm -hmm. you don't want somebody doing the bare minimum so i think just people that you meet who to work with you don't want people who put you don't want to work with people who always have to bargain for you to be less than yourself and what i mean by that is people will you know you get you get in a studio session with a rapper and he's like uh, uh, yeah yeah man yeah. S- You know, uh, send me them stems send me the beats and it's like I, I can do that and I'm, I'm old school about it and I know a lot of producers like I saw a producer recently that was like you know you don't talk business in the first studio session I'm sorry I don't agree with that mm-hmm. I think that if you set that tone in the beginning you can't be mad when that song pops up you know if you don't set it in the beginning you can't be mad when that song pops up on SoundCloud or pops up on the streaming sites and you haven't even been cut a split sheet or anything mm-hmm. like that that's on you that's not the rapper that's on you we talk about this a ton, man, on, setting the man. tone,
2: even, even with like the guy that we're trying out there, Matt, yeah. he's great. But like, we're very specific, like, Hey, we're trying you out on freelance work. We're yeah. setting the tone that we're going to need to expect certain things. We're going to expect you to not do certain things. Right. And
1: like day one, they should know this shit every time. You got to do it because you, if this is, this is your baby, this is your business mm-hmm. and everybody's not going to have the same passion for your baby. But it doesn't mean that they won't do a bang-up job. You just want to make sure you know what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. Because I've had people... My thing is, it's almost like a double-edged sword. I attract a lot of uh, future entrepreneurs that want to work for me. Yeah. So they'll come in for a hot second. They'll absorb... And you're like, man, I'm so inspired to go make my own thing.
0: Dude, that's so funny And fu- it's it's funny because <laughs> usually every time we we've have a seen good opinion, it, we have a good opinion. So on this. so, th- so what, we, I'm, I'm curious. We, what, s- yeah. we
2: see this all the time, uh, even recently with employees. That it happens. It happens all the time, and they're usually they usually come in, they get excited about seeing how well we're doing, but they're right. not seeing the four years of foundation that we laid up until this point. So they're jumping in trying to start where we are right now. See something now. real quick. It's like right. like, quick oh, for example, oh we're killing on Instagram right now. Mm. Instagram is our Instagram is my <laughs> one out of ten focus if that's that. crazy. You know what so I mean? So well on it. You got to do so well on it. Yeah, it's crazy, but, it. but it's like it's like my it's like my one at, like it's not my main thing at all, but right. they're like they think. Oh, I'm just gonna go kill it on Instagram, and that's the well, business. They see behind
0: yeah. the they see behind the curtain once, mm-hmm. and yeah. they, they think they're good. But what they don't realize is, mm-hmm. like even when I meet people that are higher level than me, if I see something, I'm like, oh, I really want to do this. I I also like try to take the approach of like being realistic with a time frame. Right. Like if people really want to copy mm-hmm. copy on our model and work for us, right. the answer is more like okay, let me go work for them for five years. Yeah, yeah not they, not just yeah, they, not they, just trying to jump fifty in. days. Or
2: yeah. if they want to do it, they got to be studying the right people sure. at the very least like we were but
0: and then so but, so we're not we, the yeah. right people to study
2: though I want to say, like, so we aren't the guys. So pretty much, you know? I, I think you yeah, are. Yeah. My mind is okay, but I'm right saying, now, but yeah, I'm saying, like saying, we're bro. looking at the people that are at 200 million, one billion a year. As you, we're should. not, we're not looking at the other people that are at 10 million a year in the music industry. Well, then, yeah, you know,
0: because then, because then you're getting a watered down version of watered down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we are the watered down version right now. We're watered down version. version of we're working towards doing, that. You know? It's but, almost like multiple windows that people at
1: different levels of success are peeking in, and then they're coming back like. Oh, that's what they're doing. Let me share this now. And then people are like, oh, my God, I want to be on that level of the window, that side of the window, not realizing there's like 15 other windows Mm -hmm. where people are really making the money. And a lot of them, here's something I didn't realize, and this is something I kind of struggle with, and I'm kind of looking at you guys for direction on that too, is the balance between the social media push and the actual back end of the back end. Because there's a front end end of the back end. Mm -hmm. When somebody comes and works for you guys, they see the setup. And they're like, oh my God. Like, but they don't see, like you said, uh, what what Gary B calls the the dirt. They don't see, they're looking at it like, oh my God, like this is okay. I can kind of see myself, you know, doing (laughs) something. They don't understand this is just the front end of the back end. Exactly. And there's still a back end of the back end where the business gets really, really like detailed. And they don't have any idea. idea of that. And so when I see that, I'm just like. It makes me more patient and more um, open to want to hear the philosophy. That's why I was asking you guys so many questions when I got in here Mm -hmm. because it's inspiring, but I know this is only a fraction of what it requires to to do what you guys have been doing.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like, is really looking at the stuff behind the scenes like you're saying because that's what's driving it man like people will try to copy for example our emails Mm -hmm. copying our email copy isn't going to do anything for you that it might it might help (laughs) you you get started it might get you started you can get started and maybe sell a couple copies of your product copying our emails yeah but the psychology behind the entire launch and the strategy it is the thing. something that, that messes the whole so, thing so, up. Yeah, so a exactly. So big, a big
0: mistake that rookie people do is they don't know what to copy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you start seeing Including things. us. Including, including us, us sometimes. Yeah. Right. Anybody who's it. looking from the outside, you kind of don't know what's the real, like, I need to copy this part sure, of the strategy because you're seeing all these things. Right. And for us, a big thing that people thought was like a key to our success was like, kid you not copying our product boxes? Wow. Like the same layout with the And stripe. our product
2: box boxes sucked. We're like, we, we finally we don't like changed them. Thank you know God. Right. Thank God we got them but, changed.
0: But still, that's not what you should have been worrying about. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You, people shouldn't copy if they don't know the why.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you may be looking at certain things like, like, for instance, I talked to Busyworks about this, is that he always talks about how he doesn't like his YouTube thumbnails. He's like, ah, I, I aspire to do something different. But if I was a young producer and I was like, this is an OG who's making so, You don't want to copy him at year, year 9 and 10 because he's doing things for a completely different reason. Mm-hmm. It's executing on something that you have no idea is the importance for him. And you're copying that thinking like, ah, that's the way to do it. And I guess it makes sense. For somebody on the outside looking in, but once again, you're only getting a fraction of that. So, no, I, I, I think it's okay for people to even like Gary V. It's funny how many people you guys. I know you guys have talked about, uh, you know, working with him a lot. But it's funny how many people are not like us who know what his actual business is. They think that he's just on social media and he's just a social media. A guy. motivational speaker. Yeah, that's the like, dumbest thing I see. Dude, we don't, have don't a even know that you're building for to be just a motivational no, speaker.
0: Dude, it's, <laughs> dude, we don't like, dude. The amount of corporate shit that goes down that he doesn't say a word about. Yeah, well, every time we
2: go there, and then we go there, and we're every time we go there, there's a new list of companies. So they had, right. they used to have a. A, it is a big wall. It says VaynerX and then all the companies, right, that are right. below yeah, them. Yeah, 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 They had to change it because they were so tired of adding on companies. They had to change they it to, to a repainting. screen. They kept just, repainting it so often because they kept adding companies on That's that nuts. often. Yeah. There's like but 10 under there.
1: And, 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 and I, I, it's funny because I, I tweeted it one time. I had the epiphany. I was like, I don't think Gary Vee is creating this content just for you to to hyper consume mm-hmm. or just for you to copy it and not ask yourself, well, why do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. And he was like, thank you. <laughs> or agreed, I think he put in a tweet. And when you start realizing, like you said, people are presenting this to you, but he is almost like he's, it's almost like he's hiding in plain sight. Like, you see him all the mm-hmm. time, but people don't realize the, the team that is just a social media team. The Our people who Justin- are creating this micro, he's not sitting there in front of oh, a, a no. Adobe Premiere like, okay. Oh yeah this, this this red bar that goes across i gotta change it to green he's not doing that no, no. but i think people because he's so relatable feel like he's got a hand in everything mm-hmm. but i when people realize that aspect of and they realize oh it's about having a system it's about figuring out how do i delegate to people who are in a passion zone for this one task mm-hmm. and not in, like if i do video editing I'm in a distraction zone. Yes, I'm above average than most people in it, and I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a video editor. Yeah, but if I can find somebody who takes this task from my distraction zone, it gives me more time to focus on my passion zone, and it puts it in somebody's hands that it's in their passion zone to edit, which is who my editor is from New York. Like he's he loves this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you, as you go along, like I said, maybe you don't need to delegate quite yet in the very beginning if you're there. But keep this in mind is it's yeah. important.
0: Dude, you, you know it's funny? The Gary, so one of the driving mechanisms I actually think is a North Star more mm-hmm. than a strategy individual thing. Okay. And his North Star that's kind of based around all the content he does, and it's the reason he separated himself versus other great entrepreneurs who are trying. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people, like these internet marketers are talking about, every, a lot of people <laughs> make content with a conversion in mind. Okay, including, the, including us goes, back to, in the day. Go check, yeah. yeah, go go check out this thing, you know what I'm saying? Every right. piece of content is leading to that and he truly does not worry about that. Yeah. I rarely just,
2: see that content that doesn't right. that leads to something for him. It's usually something that's purely I hope you guys get something out of this. So, right. yeah and,
0: and then so what happens is he gets a lot of these metrics that you can't see, I think in my opinion. So like how how do you measure something on paper that's like, you know, sign holder, you know? Starts a million dollar company with his friend. Like, yeah. how, how do you measure that if you were looking at the data? You can't. Right. But that's what his content does. So like when you put out content at scale without the purpose of conversion, right. this somebody's gonna listen to this shit. Yeah. And, and, and you're, it'll change your life, man. You said there was three people who were like kind of feeling depressed that heard this and inspired. Yeah. And you know, but there's no like okay, and then we're gonna sell them on the course. That's gonna. Yeah. Well, you don't
1: have at that point. I don't have to sell anything. Like, like, people can name the amount of times I actually put an ad on my own YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Yeah. If I'm doing the work, if I'm showing up. And, I, and that's why I say my philosophy is how you do one, one thing is how you do everything. Mm. I believe in that a 1,000% because if I show up and I'm of value and this is in a free platform and I keep showing up like that, eventually I'm going to ask. It's the same thing that happened with me when I got exposed to Grant Cardone for the first time. And I read, I got, I got the audio book for 10X Rule and I was like, this dude's crazy. When I first heard the unabridged version, I was like, this dude's crazy. Then I followed him on Instagram, still never bought anything except for the audio book. And I started watching his content. I probably watched 40, 50 videos before I bought, like, I think his book, uh, Closing the Deal, or one of the books that I bought. I didn't read it, but I bought it. That was the first thing I, I even bought from him. And I think a lot of producers, man, they they go in and sell so hard. Everything is direct sale, mm-hmm. everything is called to action, not realizing, as you know, Gary Vee talks about, jab, 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 right hook is, is more than just a <coughs> cue saying like mm-hmm. that is a lifestyle and you. my thing is I mean, think is, this is kind of the flip side of it and, and you correct me if I'm wrong I got so obsessed with jabbing that I never write hook. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That's not good either, too. That's yeah. not right. Some <laughs> people
2: struggle with that too, for sure. <laughs> That's
0: lucky we got a fucking nasty right hook. I would say business wise. Yeah. And, it, and now Oh yeah, it, you do. Yeah, it allows sure. us to like you know do these big product launches and then just jab like fucking crazy. Yeah. You know yeah. I'm I'm saying? Saying?
2: Y'all want to take a quick intermission?
1: Yeah. All good. Yeah.
2: Hell yeah. Good. Sweet. favorite. And we're back from our like quick.
0: Uh, we're back from our quick intermission. Um, I got a question. I think would be a great start based on our cool. conversation. What top? What top books would you maybe top five books would you recommend for producers maybe to go check out? So, the one that got me on
1: my YouTube journey, excuse me, <clears throat> the one that got me on my YouTube journey was The Go-Giver, which that's, it just the opened co- up my mind. Dude,
0: that you just brought you back a fucking dinosaur, bro. That was the, oh, one of the man. first business things I've ever touched was The Go-Giver. Isn't it, taught, it, isn't it good you started with that one, though? The, is that about hitting the target, and, and the target is the... the... Well, no, it's, it's the one that's the fictional
1: story, the fictional story uh, of basically... Telling you what what value, like really defining value, value yeah, of yeah. what it is, and how to approach business, and how this fictional character—not to give it away—but how this fictional character found an alternative route to his goal. That he learned the secret to living is giving. And when I understood that aspect, it helped me understand that's what Gary means with jab. Because I think mm-hmm. people immediately say, "I don't, I don't want to give free, free, free. Like, when do I get paid for some of this stuff?" But that's the wrong mentality to have. Yeah. If you if you just have a a culture of giving within your business or within your philosophy, your mindset, you know, it, it, there there's ways that can hurt you. Obviously, mm-hmm. like anything. But if you have that at the forefront, uh, that book, man, it opened up what that was. I realized like this is why I've had a certain level of success as an artist and a producer before I read that. And then I was like, man, okay. So that sent me on a rabbit hole that got me to a podcast called. Uh, entrepreneurs on fire. Dude, John got, Lee Dumas. Dude, we yeah. going on
0: the same path, man. I'm oh, like man. this same We're show, right like here.
1: the Go Giver, John Lee Dumas. So the Go Giver teaches you the value of giving. John Lee Dumas at that time, he he changed the format. Obviously now, but he used to ask like millionaires the same questions every single episode. I got addicted to it. Mm-hmm. It's only a 30 minute podcast, and he would ask them one. The one I always interested in was, "What are your streams of revenue?" And every single one of them, from the mom that made a million dollars selling salt. Uh, from her kitchen to the guy that owns multiple bars and is a, every single person said that at least one of the streams of revenue was teaching, and I was like, "How could they have the time to teach?" But the rappers and are and, and, the producers in our, in our community at that time, teaching was kind of like a taboo thing. Like oh, I don't want to, I don't want to teach. So uh, they were, they thought this is something you do when you have you haven't made it at that time. Is mm-hmm. what It was it was like oh the guys teach you couldn't do, and so that book was the one that unleashed it and then that podcast led me down it, and then it led an onslaught of books the 10x rule uh by grant cardone the unabridged version i love it because he got a, a chapter in there that's called don't be a little bitch it's one of my favorite <laughs> ones um I know exactly you're talking gotta about. have that and so the 10x rule uh uh the four agreements by don miguel ruiz, ruiz. um the matter of fact i got i got my audio books in here i'm this stuff I already by have. the way, Audible
0: guys, if you, if you want to get into book books like Audible, just lets you download them kind of like a Netflix. Highly suggest getting. Them. I'm sure you and it's right? on your Amazon yes. account
1: already. Yeah, like, get Audible. You it's, can, you, and you can also get the Curtis King book there on Audible if you're you're on you
2: know, Audible. They, yes, See, I, I want have. to talk to you about that book too. By for the sure. Way. The, the four hour we have we have a, a
1: book cover already made that, and a, a plan for a book.
2: We really? just haven't no. written it, but yeah, the book haven't had
0: time
1: Do it, do it, and 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 start off with the table of contents if you haven't already it makes everything so much easier. Because when I first started, like I said, I was making a bunch of Facebook posts. <laughs> it was like a long Facebook post after another. And then yeah. I finally put the table of contents because uh, the book itself, man, like it, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's separated by the process of making a beat. So i take you through different stories of my life, but it starts off with the kick. Mm-hmm. What does the kick represent? To me, the kick represents the heart of your beat, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, the heartbeat of it. Well, where does my foundation start? Where my heart starts? My mother, my father, my mother playing the piano in the church. And so throughout the book, like there's QR codes that you'll, you'll list, you'll read a story and you'll be like, damn, that must have been a crazy beat battle. And then you pull out your phone and the QR scanner will take you to the video. And you can That's watch cool. the battle after you've read about it. Hmm. So it's, it's things like that, that because I wrote the table of contents first, that unleashed other ideas along mm-hmm. the way that structured it and made it so much, so much or so less overwhelming of a task. Because writing a book is not easy.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: And having a great editor, oh my god, that pay if you are gonna pay money for anything. I mean, we're not gonna editor. sit down and physically. We're gonna talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk it. Yeah, gonna talk like, it. You that's a, that, yeah. You know that's Gary. Gary has never written
2: any of his books. He he but you talks about. the way the books. Are yeah, structured. more conversation. Yeah, exactly. And that's I mean
1: that's what we want to do. It's like that's fire. I think it's gonna be awesome, man. Is there Tom anyone excited. you got off your Audible? You oh yeah, yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah, when you guys do that, let me know because I'm I'm definitely on board to to continue to talk about those. Um, the uh, Tony Robbins, there's a lot of books that I love by him, but mm-hmm. uh, "Unleash the Power Within" or uh, uh, "Unlimited Power," excuse me, what it is? Uh, another one, "The Richest Man in Babylon," by George S. Classen or Klaassen, uh, "Hug Your Haters." It's about dealing. It's uh, basically how to embrace compliments or complaints. We should talk about and that. Keep a little your bit. customers. And well, keep your customers. just
2: just about dealing with <laughs> haters, man. I think it's fucking huge, and a lot of people struggle with our, it. It's our, something that I struggle with horribly yeah. a few years ago, and I've gotten so good with it now that I don't even blink at it. What do you
1: attribute getting so good to? It? Like, what do you attribute that to? Like, how do you think you became
2: every okay? Every single time you get one and uh-huh. don't do that response, yeah, you grow stronger with it, and then eventually it starts not affecting you after a while. Oh, but when right. you do the re- when you feed into it, it makes it way fucking oh, worse. Man.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Ha- I have a different strategy. I, I, I believe in the sympathy punch. So when somebody comes with you anger You don't do that. You, don't,
2: you, you have to block certain people. Or like, oh, no, is, certain people. Do, I, do you, but you delete comments at all? Yeah, yes. I'll delete yeah. comments. Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, man, so there, there's a restrict feature on Instagram now where they go into an echo chamber. They don't even... Really? They comment. true has it. I don't have that. Uh, yeah, it's a new let, feature. Let, so let, let so. Let so find out. <laughs> it Check so, if so I mean right you have randomly. So they can still follow you. All I need mean
1: right now is an inbox feature that... Del, that Stops people from inboxing me. Oh, that would be amazing for like a month. Just a month.
2: Do you not? Wait, do you, do you have on a business account? Because you have the other inbox, right? I've gone from. Yeah, like I got the, the general
1: to the primary. Yeah. I go from creator account to business account to see what the different features are, but I'm back at a business account right now. It's
0: the same shit, man. Same yeah, thing, ba- man. it's
1: basically the same. But yeah, I mean,
2: I, I just don't. I mean, yeah, I think that's a great approach too, just being nice to them. It throws
0: but, off somebody when they really, they're really a dick and yeah. they're being an asshole. And I'm like, so sorry, man, you know, it's just blah, blah. And they're like, oh, my bad, I didn't mean to Yeah, they'll apologize just, to you for I was sure. angry or, you know But then the uh, other thing is
2: I think, like, long-term Like, figuring out how you can not even Not even feed into it in any way Whether it's positive or negative Like, right. dude, staying even Like, not
1: getting too high, too low Staying right there Is so extreme. fucking hard like, like, shout out to the homie DJ Payne Like, it's funny how many times He had to text me and be like, bro Like, I don't know if he was saying it because it's me But he was like, man You, you can't argue with these folks Because I would be like what do you mean? Like, you know, this is, I I care. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm trying to scam you. Why would you come to me with that? (laughs) Like, I'm the guy that's been jabbing for the last five years because I'm selling one thing. Now, all of a sudden I sold out and I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. So, DJ Painter texts me like, "Man, bro, like you can't argue with these people." But then I look on Twitter and he's arguing back with everybody. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm people, like, "Bro, dude, bro dude, people I, should I, not be argue, do not argue back and forth on Twitter. Right. It makes you
2: look way worse than you think." But it's
1: part of some people's business model too, because we're talking about it right now. And I know I don't believe in the every, every every any publicity is good publicity. I don't. I can't. That's not how Tell I, that I can t- live to
2: Takashi, now look at him.
1: Yikes! Yeah, that's.
0: Uh, also, another thing with that, that me and Drew kind of see a problem. People think they're cool because if you're an influencer, you have an, an army next to you. Right. And you, you say some shit that, you know, normally would just make you look a shithead, but you get a lot of likes because then that person feels like all high and mighty. And that's they feel like. Validated, but yeah. but like, guess what? Other people are looking at you not thinking that. Like, I don't think I don't give a fuck how many likes or bro. comment. guy. if you roasted somebody, you might look like a shithead. I, I, you know? I, when
1: I see that, I just automatically it's like, bro, think no something gives else. A some shit, you know? I also don't, don't want to give likes to these people. I'm not going pers- to say his name, but. This is the part like of the producer community. I have so much love for producers. They should know that by now. Like I've uh, even with my private community, I did like about three hundred and thirty hours of daily workshops for six months when I first launched it. Damn. Every day, Monday through Friday, just like nineteen ninety five at the time, um, was daily workshops that centered on FL Studio. Uh, uh, FL Studio uh, workshops, songwriting workshops, mental health Mondays. Um, New new artists producer Fridays like I was doing all this every single week four or five hours a day at, at sometimes right now I have archive footage that will last you it would take you thirteen days to watch all of them couple <laughs> days and I spent a lot of time with a, with the a producers and I have such a bigger love for them but it makes me on the other end get I get irritated sometimes with my producer community because they 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 like. They get someone, A lot of them get it, and maybe it's just human beings, but I've experienced it as a lot of producers get in a dark place, and all they know how to do is spread poison at that mm-hmm. point in time. I had a guy that uh, didn't even speak poison to me because they didn't know I just mute. I mute and peace out. And if they still keep showing up, I just block. I'm like, let me take you out of your own misery. Mm-hmm. Like People will be like, if this is the kind of content you're doing, I'm out. You're trash, bro. Then why are you here? Yeah, that's just my question. Don't comment and leave. But I had a guy. <laughs> exactly, that's what I do. When I don't like something, I don't even hit the dislike, cause it feels like it's too much energy. Yeah. And so, I had a guy that went to my wife's page. My wife is <sighs> like a makeup artist. Like she, 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 like has blown up. She's bigger on Twitter than I am with her makeup, and she grew really fast. And this producer, man, with a Beats on his name, and I tell her anytime somebody Beats follows you. You, you're you free to block them <laughs> because there's no, like they're trying to like slide in her DMs. Like, um, you're really dope. But you know, could you tell Curtis, like, could, does he still do like critique my beats? And she's like, why are you hitting me up about Hulk. this? But a guy went to her page on Twitter and was like, girls still do their makeup like this and put like clown emojis or something. And I lit his ass up. <laughs> like I had a day where I wasn't like, Rappers and music producers, I I lit his ass up. And (laughs) and so many people jumped in there, but I'm like, that's the kind of vile stuff that makes me not even want to be on social media sometimes Mm -hmm. because not that I'm running away from it, but because I'm not here for that. I didn't start doing this, but I'm here now. And so after reading a book called Obstacle is the Way, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't even mention him. Ryan Holiday, I ran through three of his books in the last month. Fire Eagle is the Enemy, Stillness is the Key, and uh, Obstacle is the Way. And he talks about not running away from the obstacles, but embracing them and, and literally sitting in them and seeing the benefit within a crisis. So I look at these producers now as an opportunity to have a teachable moment if I want to exert that energy. Or I give them the opportunity to show them how unbothered I am and, and how focused I am on what I'm doing. Because so many of them, it takes them like a year before they stop trolling and they say, I had you wrong. Like, you in, like literally by enduring time. Mm-hmm. And continuing to produce high-quality content, they'll go from, bro, you're trying to be like Gary Vee so bad. Or, you know, bro, to, some guy told me, that's why I keep going back to he he's like, uh, too much sausage fattener on this one, bro. I'm like, what? <laughs> get out of here. Or leave.
3: <laughs> um,
1: <clears throat> but you'll get to a place where after time, and I'm learning patience with this, people eventually get to a place where they're like, you know what? you're you're real, I guess is what they do. I don't need the validation. I just keep working, and so now my thing is if it's if it's clown stuff, if it's too disrespectful, I just block you. There's no mm-hmm. reason for you to be here, yeah, and just keep it moving but uh for the most part, I love the mute feature
2: I love the, the mute is like it's basically the restrict, except for that when they comment on your stuff, it's just there's there's it's an echo chamber like they, they, commented, they, they, they comment they, they commented, it they comment it I can there. see it, yeah, they can see it. And even it ends up being mostly bad comments. When they come back and do right. another one, I press C, restricted comment. It's almost always bad comments. But sometimes they'll be like, this is so dope. I can't wait to get your next pack. And I'm like, oh, shit. This person that I might have blocked before right. is actually a fan, but they're just a cynical fan. And there's a so, lot of those, too.
1: Can I, can I break this down? I just wrote this as it's going to be a YouTube video idea, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into much detail. I feel like every troll falls into at least six or seven categories. <laughs> okay? Stay woke, Joe. <laughs> Right. Stay woke, <laughs> bro. You're selling out. Do it for the love. That's that guy. Mm-hmm. Hot take Jake. Oh. Right. The guy that jumps in and he's like, he's like, uh, uh, just, he's like, 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 uh, you know, this, the, uh, uh, using this plugin with this plugin, uh, it, it seems pretty stupid to me. Or he'll just find a hot take to go on. Like, mm-hmm. seems like you're starting to sell out from the last three videos. That guy devil's advocate, Adam. Okay. that's the guy that just plays the opposites of everything. Uh, I'm just saying Aiden, Right. I'm just doing because it, it rhymes in a lot of these names. <laughs> just saying A. And he'll say something that is so passive aggressive, he'll be like, I'm just saying, bro. No hate. I no st- hate. I st- though, I no, still hate love what though. you're doing. Hey, I'm not trying no to hate, hate on you, but here's all this hate. This this beat is trash, but I'm not hating. <laughs> I got two more. Switch and pitch Rick. The guy that comes in and he's like, um, your drums sound too overcompressed when I'm using them. But by the way, I sell drum kits too. And if you guys ever want to get some, he's basically selling to uh-huh. your audience. And he switched the f- attention this from yours. This is interesting, man. I've never even I'm thought about it well, like I this. These but you, they're you, definitely, you they're like the archetypes. archetypes. Yeah. Last one. I don't care, Claire. Why are you here? I come to the page and be like, nobody cares about this stuff, bro. You cared enough to comment on this. So those are the, if I can now look at the, the categories of, of, of trolling, it helps me almost feel more empathy for them. Yeah, that's I'm a like, huge thing, man. You don't realize that you're not as unique as you think you are for leaving this comment. I mean, you are unique in the sense that it's more memorable, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the negativity, because it spreads faster. But if I can categorize you, you're not so much special anymore. Mm-hmm. So I do that. You can change the name. Anybody can change the names. But I do that because I look at it and I'm like, Oh, you're a hot take, Jake,
0: huh? Okay. I, I
2: actually like the, the idea of that. It kind of takes the power away from the I would e-book. even draw a
0: funny character in the office. Fire. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> no, you got to do it. We just have, have art. We wall. might do that
2: in the support room <laughs> when we have the new office. We just have an entire wall of artwork that's re- all these people represented. <laughs> so everybody Man. that's doing email support Dude, can know what's going on. Straight up, some of the
0: best, pe- the best paying customers <laughs> also are the, the biggest b- complainers. Sure.
1: Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they feel like they have invested yeah. with you, and therefore well, we they appreciate. have
0: appreciate. That's not a, not a coming from a place of non appreciation, right. but there's usually something like always being like nitpicked around. You know,
1: here's here's the flip side of it. Although, yes, you want to be fo- as a business, you must be focused on developing customer service. It's about to be at the forefront. That's why Amazon is so huge. Mm. The people who were stubborn, like if you're afraid to adjust, you're going to get crushed. Kodak, Blockbuster. If you're afraid to adjust. The market is just, you can get crushed. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be, have customer service at the forefront. But, something I learned from BusyWorks, you have to be at a place where you're okay with, as a business owner, firing your customers sometimes. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to say. No. Sometimes you got to let somebody go and sacrifice that money and say, you know what? It would not be to the best service that I, because I like to deliver a high quality service. If you're that unhappy, Mm -hmm. With what I'm delivering to you, I don't think you should purchase from me. And I'm actually going to make it so where you you don't have to purchase from me. Mm -hmm. If you have that many complaints, and it's not even like a a reactionary thing. It's I want to deliver so much great service, even if it means on my dollar, I lose money. Then they start switching up like, well, I don't hate it that much. Dude, I just, that's huge yeah, for producers and, <laughs> and mix engineers. Like, I think
2: producers are willing to just like sell beat to the big guy that might be whatever, but he might be a shithead that's about to face twenty years in federal prison. Like, you don't you never know what people are yeah, going through. Like, yeah. it just it's just I don't know. I think you definitely got to be or like mix engineers especially, or if you're a recording engineer, yeah, you have to be willing to fire singers and artists because oh, otherwise, man. you're gonna you're gonna end up bogging
1: yourself down with some dickhead that just. Kills your body. Also every doesn't day. appreciate you probably. Yeah. So. And and how about this one? And I I keep I keep going back to the whole death thing only because I feel like it, it humbles us in the present moment to mm-hmm. appreciate what's going on. But I've been to like uh one of my buddies, man, um uh, he went by Fats. He he passed away uh at 35 and he had a heart attack. He had a family, he, he had, a, had a wife, he had a, a newborn baby, and it broke my heart. Uh, you know, because I saw this man give to so many different people, mm-hmm. give to so many people around him. Like, he was providing clothes for, like, a lot of, like, at that time it was, like, jerk music. to a lot of the jerk artists that mm-hmm. were making music at the time. He was providing free clothes, of course, to help his brand along the way. But he, was help, he helped so many different people, family and whatnot. And so many of those people in the industry didn't show up to his funeral. So on the day that you are saying your last goodbyes, mm-hmm. this person that came and provided you, obviously something you found value in. Obviously, you know, I've seen him spend hours and hours on on Photoshop or Illustrator trying to make their logos. He's a graphic designer, really fire graphic designer. He makes some logos for me, even live with me for a second. And to go there and look around and I'm like, I didn't want to have those feelings. I wanted to be... Um, you know, uh uh in mourning them, mm-hmm. but it made me realize like like a lot of people we meet probably won't even show up on your last day. Yeah. And a lot of people we're saying yes to we feel obligated to say yes to. I saw uh in a book called The Slight Edge, they said that you know that I, uh, I think it's only I think the stat is like only two out of ten. I forget the exact stat of people at your entire funeral, two out of 10 are actually going to cry? Do you know that 50% of people there will leave, won't even go to your burial if it starts raining? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I say this
1: not to be morbid, I say this to say in this moment, you don't have to say yes to everyone mm-hmm. because it's not a make or break. And then two, keep in mind the people who matter the most to you. Mm-hmm. Your inner circle, your friends, your, your family, the people who are really gonna be there and really be hurt by your exit from this world. When I saw from that perspective, um, it gave me peace to understand, like, it's okay to say no. It's not going to be a make or break if I don't – even people who are, like, elites. Yeah. Like there's, been, like, there's been times that, not to put any business out there, that still, I don't – you know, I haven't worked with my, my brother Abso for some years. But there's some things on the business end we haven't taken care of that I mm-hmm. haven't taken care of with, like, TDE. We've never had a discussion. And for me, I had to say no. Even though those are great opportunities for me to get placements mm-hmm. with them, I had to say no, and that's my brother and so I came into making music with at a very you know early age. But because I have that much respect for myself and my business, I have to be able to say no, mm-hmm. even if it's opportunities that can make it night and day for what I'm doing, and that gives me peace
3: mm-hmm. because
1: I'm more so concerned about stretching myself out there for people. Who are going to be there on my last day? Yeah, That's important man. to me. And I think having that mindset will help you eliminate so many people that you're feeling like, man, I got I to gotta sh- stress my body and my mind out for this mm-hmm. person. It's like, bro, will they even care yeah, if definitely. you're not here anymore? Will they send an RIP post on Twitter and then forget about you in a week? Mm-hmm. So that flips everything.
2: Yeah, definitely, man. Gary, ta- uh,
0: Gary
1: talks about that shit a lot. The, 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 we uh, should those, wrap uh, the, it up. The, the armchair I philosophy, I think he calls it. or the I forget what he calls it, but the, the rocking chair
0: Yeah, well, I mean, just the fact that like the good, uh, the most famous prince, you know, whoever gets gets a day or two max on social, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah,
2: yeah. We should wrap it up because I got to get back to uh, work. But do you want to do a giveaway? Yeah, let's do a giveaway, and and then we're gonna go into uh, the
0: let's do plugs first, quick round. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and and plug where you want people to go check you out more?
1: So I simplified it on my website, CurtisKingBeast.com, and you're gonna be able to see all the courses that I offer. You're gonna be able to see my book. Uh, you're going to see, like I took my beat store down because I'm starting to restructure the business. But just go to CurtisKingBeats.com. I have music up there for streaming. I have a new course that I just released. For those of you that aspire to generate income on YouTube, uh, it's a lot more attainable than you think. It's not based upon just pure views and comments. And you'll be surprised of so many channels that are generating income with the, with the, a similar system to what I am teaching in uh, this thing called GrowTubeKing. So you go to CurtisKingBeats.com, Curtis King with two S's. You'll be able to have access to that. I have my drum kits there and anything else that you're into. But um, YouTube is a great place also to to find more videos with topics like we talked about today. But uh, that's pretty much it. CurtisKingBeats.com will send you everywhere you need to go.
2: Sweet, man.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I'm and definitely going to have to check out your book too. Yeah, and just a quick thing for people watching this, like, me and Drew have investing in your knowledge you know stuff like what you're talking about even Curtis's book or or you you know YouTube course grow to right. um, that shit is the one of the best investments anything that invests right here into your brain mm-hmm. that's the that's the fucking move so I appreciate that man yeah I just want to let people know that like stuff like that it's yeah. always don't think of it as like a uh, you don't know if it's worth it or not because just how right. plugins VSCs is worth it, it's just as worth it investing in stuff that helps your brain.
1: Last thing I'll say, stop. I think producers, don't ask anymore, is a product worth it. Ask yourself, are you worth the risk? Mm-hmm. If you start approaching it from that aspect, stop thinking about what I'm going to lose and start thinking about what I could possibly gain in this situation, it'll flip your mind. What, instead of saying, uh, uh, you know do I, I have to pay this money? Say, I get to. Flip that on everything. It's The gratefulness code, and I'm telling you, you'll you'll get more benefit from the things that you purchase and realize. Like I'm pretty sure you guys will spend a gang of money on education alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get used to it; it's going to happen.
2: I mean, dude, just just from uh, Neil Patel, we spent hundred grand for on, that's Leave. for that's for consulting. <laughs> that's for talking to somebody every few days or every yeah. not even every few days. Talking to Neil every once in a while. T- talking to his assistants and like his employees couple times learn. a week to learn. Yeah. 100 grand. It was 25 grand a month for four months. We continually I'm think saying. that's
0: one of the most important investments is investing in like that, like like higher level getting access. And mentors, honestly. Mentors.
2: Investing in getting access to mentors. Like mm-hmm. say, for example, if you went to the Gary V. 4Ds thing, by the way, it's cheaper in like Chattanooga and stuff. It's only like eight grand there. Really? Yeah, or like mm-hmm. six grand or something. <laughs> <That's> so <far. laughs> um, so like, uh, I mean, go on, if you can scrape up the money to go to stuff like that or even go into a conference, like, Going to see Grant Cardone speak live. Like, I'm not even mm-hmm. a huge Grant Cardone fan, but
1: I know if I went and saw him speak live, I would
0: yeah. get a, a lot ice. out of it. Unleash
1: the power within for Tony Robbins. I walked on fire. bro. Mm-hmm. I walked on hot coals. So you went to that? I went to that twice. Worth it? I went to it twice. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I, at the time, $700 was a lot of money to me. And I mm-hmm. paid for a general, general admission, $700. And I had to go again. And literally everything... I, it, it sounds dramatic to say my life changed, but literally everything I got home, I stopped eating meat. That wasn't even like the main focus. I changed my business dramatically, and that wasn't even the main focus of everything. But knowing, a, man, I'm telling you, it changed my life. I know you got to go, but mm-hmm. it changed Everything for me. Yeah. Uh, Last thing I'll say: what you what you said. Well, earlier. we're
2: we're gonna do a, a little quick uh, like lightning round. Of oh, we got, yeah, yeah, we got. I'm gonna go into like another like ten minutes, but so, uh,
0: yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and switch, guys. You're watching this on YouTube. We should you we should are. do giveaway if we're going to. Oh yeah, do you want to give away
2: some stuff too? Do you oh, want to like a couple not. copies of whatever? And um, we're gonna do like we usually do. gift cards. we do $500 gift cards. You got some? You could do gift
1: cards too if you want. That's it. How about this? I'll lace you guys with all the volumes of drums. Big drums knock by Sweet. Curtis King. All my drum kits That's perfect. I laced it in one download.
2: Okay, sweet. Yeah, let's do, a, sweet. let's do a copy of that and then like...
0: And the fi- s- yeah, $5, $100, gift cards and, and a copy of that. So all you got to do to enter the contest is on YouTube, just drop a comment about what your favorite moment was, maybe a concept that Curtis was talking about. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. We, we go back and read every comment, so really Fire. appreciate that.
3: Fire. And Fire. probably
0: next episode, me and Drew, because we've been doing a lot of contests we haven't announced yet, we're going to go back. Yeah, we got
2: to do a solo episode, but when we do, it's like reading off like a lottery. It's like we're like, lo- just, <laughs> <like totally laughs> just For like 20 minutes, just reading yeah. off names I'm like. Like, I'm just sitting over there. <laughs> Steven's like, and the winner of this <laughs> giveaway is <laughs> Johnny39. <laughs> Jack, we rolling. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Your number's coming up. That would be yeah. fun, actually, to do a <laughs> giveaway like that in person. We yeah. should add that to the event. That's like kind of what the event – <laughs> <they would> <laughs> nice. ball,
0: <laughs> A little way was like that, even doing – I running. think the
2: ball makes it more hype, though, when you're watching the mm, balls like, come yeah. out of the lottery. Have All you right watched it?
0: <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to ask some production questions in the lightning round. you got to check it out on Spotify, SoundCloud, or the Apple Podcast app. So we're going there.
2: Boom. Sweet. Um, you want to talk about maybe your favorite, like, FL stock plugins? Uh, soft Clipper. Sweet. Yeah, I think everybody that. says I mean, that. So
1: much, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I like my drums. I found other ways to like Jimmy rig it to sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. When I applied that just purely to my drums, everything changed. I had to do a lot less work. So yeah, that's not even a, a, a not even a conversation. Yeah. What
2: about creative plugins? You
1: say creative plugins? Yeah,
2: like like Gross B, or stuff that manipulates audio in different ways.
1: Um, I like Endless Smile. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I love it. I use that so much. Uh, I, I love the uh, Easy Mix. Just What's that? Easy Mix gives you the opportunity. Basically, it's a bunch of presets from engineers all around the world that apply certain effects um, that I'm pretty sure they've sent through their own uh, uh, you know, equipment. But it gives you a bunch of presets like a background vocal, and it does a mix on it right there. Oh, cool. And it's just a preset for it. But I'll use it for like... My box effects or my singing voices in the background—I put that stuff in there, and it's just an easy plug and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not heavy on the plugins, but the stuff that I end up using, I abuse it, so I love it. But um, that's probably two of my favorites, right? The endless smile and easy mix uh, are some of my favorite. Scalar is probably another one mm-hmm. that I use in terms of just the, the workflow. I like to use that now.
0: <laughs> what were you gonna say, Steven? Um I forget the last question. I got another question. Yeah, you got go a ahead. favorite? You got a favorite reverb?
1: Favorite reverb? Um, honestly, I use a stock one. Use a stock one. That's surprising enough. That's all I use. You can, you can see, make it sound see good see, if stock. you know what you're doing. Yeah, like, like I'm i don't,
2: <laughs> I'm a reverb junkie. I have like 15 yeah. or 20 reverbs. And I don't knock anybody here <laughs> because I know some folks who can like
1: tell me some things. Like my boy, oh gosh, the otis, who's a ridiculous producer. He's done like videos and in, in collaborations with Simon Cervita. He'll come to me and like show me something. and He'll be like, I have a new process. And it's more simplified than a simplified process he showed me mm-hmm. before. But the results are just like, how are you getting this much sound mm-hmm. out of this little that you're doing? But that shows me that that is a key. Whatever your complex question is, there's a simplistic answer every mm-hmm. single time. Usually so. Yeah. Um,
2: what about like, we haven't talked a ton about like working with artists and stuff. Like uh, how, how's your process? Like when, I'm sure you've done working with artists and studios and stuff. Yeah, no more of that, no more of that. But I, like I, I, when <laughs> you were doing it, and so people that are trying to do it sure. right now,
1: what, what should you do? Um, I have a It's funny because I have a list in my book. And, you, and when you guys check that out, you'll, you'll see the list mm-hmm. in the book. But basically, be beyond what I can give you in terms of like practical strategy, just be the easiest person in there to work with and, mm-hmm. and, and be able to follow directions. A lot of producers get in there and they're so worried about the power struggle. And they're so worried about like, I need to lead this. I need to actually be the producer and not a beat maker that they kill the momentum of a record. Mm-hmm. your job as a producer is to get to the best record possible by any means. Even if that means that you're, the, you're, you're the, the, the super producer who can do the drums and the keys, if there's somebody in there that is crazy on the keys, let him get in there and do what he has mm-hmm. to do. Or, not be, or don't be afraid to break bread with your friends that play the guitar and they can shred and kill it, and they'll make this a better overall project. So I think keeping that, that, that bigger picture it's really the the responsibility of the producer. So when working with artists, especially artists where you're in their territory, just be easy to work with. I got invited into rooms where Grammy winner, Grammy nominated winner, winner. Uh, I, I've never even been nominated for a Grammy. Why am I here? It's my attitude. I'm easier to deal with, and I got some fire beats. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says who has a fast turnaround time and who's not going to give me a headache, yo, call Curtis.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Even. If I'm not as great as the other producers they have in their phone, I'll get a call. I just don't work with no artists anymore. (laughs) Yeah,
2: no, I understand. Dude, it was funny because in that Jetson, I think it was the Suge Genius video. Yeah. He's like, like, yeah, so I had the drums done. I had this simple hi-hat, but then I brought in my friend to do the hi-hat. And he did this, and then he showed it, and it was like the same ass thing with two little low pitch hi hats, and it's the yeah. funniest fucking thing to see because he's like, <laughs> I brought in the hi hat guy basically, <laughs> but I mean like that's what people were doing. Can't be afraid to do that. Yeah. You never.
1: You. The thing is, how many times have you had an idea for a beat and then it just went to trash after ten minutes? And then somebody else came in there and was like, "You do anything mm-hmm. with this?" Mm-hmm. And they added like a bounce to the drums, and you're like, "I didn't see that," but mm-hmm. now you're re inspired to dig into it again you got to be around other people. Uh, Something real quick, an acronym to remember, especially people who are working and you want to be happy about your work. Three things you need to have, and, and it's an acronym. And scientists studied dolphins and figured out why are they so happy all the time. They put three things into their workflow. Time for play, time to be around others. And downtime. Mm-hmm. If you institute that into what you got, if you can work with other people, bounce that energy, have time to just play, you know, uh, <laughs> ping pong or whatever, and then also have downtime to just let the thoughts kind of meditate and ruminate, you'll be fired. I mm-hmm. promise you.
0: Dude, I, you know, we do so much of what you just said, but mm-hmm. never have even talked about it or even thought about it in a, in a in a way, in a concept. But I love it's that. It's there. It's I think, mm-hmm. POD. POD is the
1: acronym. Yeah. I, th- I forget about it because I'm so upset. When you're obsessed with success, you're so obsessed with, i got to have a But pod, you've got to have time for play. You've got to be around others, sometimes people who don't produce, just to be around other people. Um, and in D is for making sure that you have downtime because your brain needs an opportunity to unplug for a second. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you, for sure. Do you have a, uh, a suggestion for writing lyrics?
1: Um, yes. Always keep a paper that allows you not to write full lines, but just three to four phrases And I want you to basically sit down and write entire phrases that rhyme. So I would say, like, you know, um, say I say uh, uh, Minnesota Prince. Um, uh, uh, In I go again. Right? You'll keep making phrases until you Mm -hmm. literally have all these. You'll sound like Eminem by the end of that verse because you'll have so many inner rhymes. Mm -hmm. But what it's doing is it's exercising your mind making rhyming such muscle memory thing, that now you can focus on what you're actually saying. Mm-hmm. The issue a lot of songwriters have is that they're so focused on that rhyming word because it's like, almost like a YouTube tag. Oh, I know what that word is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the part I remember. But if you can make that more muscle memory and just lay this out and just do it as practice, like you spend 30 minutes and don't even write a full 16. I've wrote full 16s out of just 10 of those phrases. I think even just freestyling that and just like saying fucking stupid shit was so good. And reading, man, like I, like I reading reading everything. Reading car magazines, reading like I I read something about like like pregnancy and like what it's called to have a birth where they start with the head first and then I mm-hmm. put that as a metaphor in a song and it was like,
3: "Alright, that kind of sounds dope," yeah. like
1: but I wouldn't know that had I not exposed myself mm-hmm. to other stuff. Mm. But find like names and things that you want to talk about. And then that way your lyrics are not so much feeling cliche like you just stuff you've already heard. Mm-hmm. Start with the rhyming words and just lay it out in days. There's days I just literally write out rhyming words for the sake of it. When I did that song with Simon Savita, he came and looked at my, my computer and was like, "Have you wrote like four verses?" I said, "These are all rhyming phrases," <laughs> and I had the verse done in like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. interesting,
2: man. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's close this out because yeah. it's yeah. two and Sweet, I gotta head good out. Good but thank you, man. That was for fucking having, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. That was
1: super
0: fun. Great episode in the bag.